Uh, it is uh, it's an exciting day. It is great to celebrate with you. Amazing, we were saying in the car on the way here, uh, Lisa was actually born on a Sunday in 1978. It's amazing. Her parents are here. First birthday, they've all been in the same place since she was about 18 years old. And how amazing to celebrate uh, with our whole church family. So that was just fantastic and exciting uh, to be part of. The day she was born, as I said, was a Sunday. And on that particular day, uh, about half the church thought a nice thing to do when they heard the news was to head straight to the hospital to visit the parents. So how exciting is that? Uh, so anyway, if you hear of babies being born in our church, the, uh, go see them straight away. Straight away. And in fact, if you hear of anything today, you may want to go see them straight away. They would love it, I'm sure, is what Patty uh, told me. So no one wants that more. I don't know. I'm, I'm off script here. Okay. So, hey, we are uh, excited to have you. If you're new uh, to the tribe here at True North, welcome. It's great to have you. If you're watching online the first time, welcome. It's so good to have you. Uh, and we are diving in uh, to a new uh, series today called Heart, Soul, Mind, and Strength. And I want to actually have you start by thinking about something. In fact, I want you to think about this. If there was anyone who was alive today, anywhere around the world, and you could meet and talk to anyone and ask them one question that they could help you with something, what would that question be? I saw in my news feed the other day, there was a, a, a little link, and it said, um, Dr. Doom, I don't know who he is, some economist. If you could ask him, what should I do with $1,000 right now, knowing everything you know about the economy, what should I do with that? Uh, you might go, there's someone who's got a particular skill that you think, oh, I wish I could ask them uh, you know, I might like to go, hey, I'd love to sit with Rafael Nadal and say, could you tell me everything you know about how to hit a forehand? Uh, what's that thing for you? Who would you want to talk to? What would you want to ask him? Talk to your neighbor for the next minute, all right? Have a think, brainstorm, you know, think anybody alive. You could ask them. You had access to their knowledge, to their skills. What would you ask them? About 30 more seconds. All right. You're watching online, everybody. Now, uh, anybody have a really good one here in, the, in this room? I won't be able to hear you in Marwa or online most likely. But anybody have like a really interesting one or maybe your partner did? Who would you like to talk to? Who? Who? Okay, someone, okay, all right. Foreign Prime Minister of Australia. Anybody else? Somebody said, you were all talking, I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> Did anyone say Pastor Dean? No, come on. This is ridiculous. I bet at Marowa, maybe someone did. All right. Uh, anybody else? Nikki Gumbel, the Lord, this is good. These are super churchy answers. That's awesome. Did anybody, 
like want to ask Elon Musk something about like where you know technology is going. Did anybody uh, have, you know what, I would love to, there's some celebrity chefs I'd love to say, could you teach me how to make that meal? Like that's some of the people I'd like to talk to. You know, there's a lot of people that we might like to talk to, but what I want you to uh, think about, and maybe you were too shy, so you felt like you could only say your answers if they were uh, here, but uh, you know, here today, we're going to look at a story, check this out, of someone who actually had a chance to sit with Jesus. I just want you to really grasp this. For one moment, if you could ask Jesus anything, and what do you ask? And what do you do with what he says? And so we're going to look at this great story. Matthew 19 is a story uh, often called of the rich young ruler. And that's, uh, he's called that because across three different accounts, all three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all share this particular story, give some different details about a young man who seemingly had everything but still had one question and was, had the opportunity to sit with Jesus. And here's the cool thing. Uh, somebody mentioned one asked, you know, the Lord Jesus, we might want to ask him something. We get to sit in on one of the most extraordinary questions, and Jesus responds, and we can listen to it right now as if we had a moment this morning to sit with Jesus. Isn't that the incredible thing about the scriptures? We, it, right now, if you're here, as we listen in, we are going to hear the words and some wisdom of the one who actually knows all things. If there was anyone. Okay, so here we go. Does that sound good this morning? Come on, let's go. Matthew 19, verse 16. We're going to read this interaction. Just then a man came up to Jesus and he asked, Teacher... What good thing must I do to get eternal life? Who knows the Greek word for eternal life? Zoe? Ionios. That's it. I hear you. I hear you. So this guy comes up, says, what do I got to do if I want to get eternal life? Now, pause for a moment. We know from these three different accounts that this man, he is called the rich young ruler because variously he is described as being incredibly wealthy. He's described as being a young man and, else, and he's also described as being someone who is a ruler in a position of incredible authority. This is a young man who in his life, uh, you know, if he was driving around today, he's driving around in like the, the latest Tesla with plates that say RYR. That's me. That's how I roll. Rich young ruler. Uh, he's got... <laughs> He's got merch, probably, if he's today, you hit him up at, at Rich Young Ruler. You know, that's the kind of, this guy has seemingly everything that you could want. Uh, so we're going to see someone, he's like, I got it all. But I want to know how I can get this one thing that he clearly feels he does not have. What do you get for the Rich Young Ruler who has it all? He says, there's one thing that I'm still trying to figure out how I get. He says, I want you to tell me what I got to do so that I could add to the things I've got this one thing, Zoe Ionios. He's still looking for it. And Jesus says, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there's only one who's good. If you want to enter life, notice his change of language here, not just if you can have this thing, but if you want to enter into Zoe, you know what to do? Keep the commandments. This is a very rabbinical type answer. That it was almost kind of strange that he would say to Jesus, a rabbi, not yet glorified as the son of God, that he was good. This was like, no, God is good and his commands are, are good. Uh, but, he, but this rich young ruler is like, I know, I sense you've got the answer and I want to endear myself to you. I want to know from you. Uh, Jesus' rep has been growing as a teacher, as this amazing rabbi. He's like no one else. And so he goes to him asking, you know, what do I have to do? And Jesus says, you know, 
what to do. Keep the commandments. And he directs him. Uh, to, they were both uh, students and, and had based their lives on the Hebrew scriptures. And he directs them back to. And we know the, the, the Hebrew scriptures are full of all these commands and laws. But he's directing them specifically to uh, the commandments. And, and quite specifically, in a sense, to the Ten Commandments. And so then, so he says, look, just keep the commandments. And, and then the conversation goes on. Verse 18. He says, which ones? Which ones? Okay, what do I got to do? Just tell me what I got to do. Whichever ones I need to, I will do that. And then uh, I can have this. Jesus replied, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. And then he replies to that. All these I have kept. I've done it, the young man said. So what do I still lack? I still, I don't have it. I've done all these things, but I still lack. I'm still missing Something. Can I tell you, pause for a moment. This is uh, one of the central things we're looking at. If you were with us last week for our, our Vision Sunday and thinking about this year, one of the things we are thinking about as a community, or if you are new here and just joining in, is how do we find this thing that he was asking about, Zoe Ionios. It's about life to the full. This rich young ruler had everything. Think of all that riches represent in our world. Uh, power, security, status, comfort, the ability to do with your life what you want. This rich young ruler, he had all these things. But he goes, I'm still missing something. And that's no different today. It's no different today. One of my favorite quotes, uh, many of us probably heard it or seen it on some, you know, internet post. Jim Carrey uh, once said, uh, you know, that he wished everyone could become rich and famous beyond their wildest dreams so that they could see that was not the answer. And, and here was someone who actually got to experience, I mean, the rich young ruler just, uh, you know, on steroids. Because the wealth that, that Jim Carrey would have experienced, the wealth we experienced, you know, the rich young ruler couldn't imagine. This guy was rich. Uh, take any of our homes. Uh, he would have traded. I think he would have said, uh, Jesus, what do I have to do to get indoor plumbing? That sounds awesome, you know. <laughs> What do I do for electricity? What do I got to do for, you know, I have one of those uh, flat boxes on the wall so that, you know, our riches, like just, let's just be clear, what we experience is, is crazy. But we can live with this illusion that, oh, the life I'm looking for is still out there over some mountain. And often that mountain looks like, you know, recognition, that people know who we are, fame. It can look like fortune. If only I had, you know, because we don't look and think who we have more than, we look at who we have less than. So we look at Jim Carrey and think, if only I had that kind of life. But I love that Jim Carrey's honest enough to go, look, I've been, been to the top of that mountain. I'm telling you, there's no Zoe Ionios there. He may not have the words or language, but that's what he's saying. You can have all that, but there, whatever life is, it's not found there. And so... This, the rich young ruler, he asked Jesus, you know, and he's, he's saying, look, I've done all this. Jesus says, here, if you want it, do these things. And he directs him to, uh, to basically, depending on different account, the, the last six of the Ten Commandments effectively. And if you don't know this about uh, the Ten Commandments, you can break the Ten Commandments up more or less into four, uh, four and six. And the first four of the Ten Commandments, my Hebrew professor uh, lest we only talk Greek these days. Uh, my Hebrew professor was an incredible student of Hebrew. He used to always say, you know, that Hebrew word for commandments is davarim. That's the plural of davar, which is also gets translated just word. 
that another translation, sometimes we think of the Ten Commandments, like these are the Ten, the ten Commandments. And there's a reason. It's good because they are. They're like, don't do these things. But you always say they're like these ten words. They are these ten words that are a picture of the pathway of what it is to be God's people. They are ten words that show us this is the direction to move in the, in the way of life. And so the, the second six, though, can be summarized as how we effectively love others. They all deal with how do you relate to your neighbor. Don't commit adultery. Don't covet someone else's wife. Don't, uh, don't murder. You know, don't, these are like the, the minimum requirements. Like, don't, Jesus keeps showing how they go deeper and deeper. But, like, don't be angry. But they all deal with these six that Jesus first lays on him. He says, these are, you, you know what they are. And, and, and he says, it's, it's do these things. It's basically love your neighbor as yourself. That's how you get there. But then the rich young ruler, what's he say? He says, all these I have kept. Let's go back to that verse. He says, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Like, not only am I, like, young, rich, and famous, I'm, like, super ethical as well. It's this total package. He's like, I've, yeah, been there, done that. Rich, young, ruler, hashtag integrity. Like, that's him. He's got no problem. And check it out. Jesus doesn't say, so he says, all these I've kept. What do I still? But he's like, I did all that, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Rolls off the tongue. Get the band up. Let's go. Let's go. Who wants to hear it? I've been reading out, of, you know, Bono's autobiography. Maybe I could sing like him. Here we go. No, we will not do that. Only for the sake of time. Uh, so Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, let me hear you say perfect. perfect. You know, the Greek word here, perfect, it, it's talking about a sense of fulfillment. So we often, through our lens, will read and we're like, oh, you got to be perfect. And we're like, nobody's perfect. Well, Jesus says, do you want to be perfect? The idea here is it's something that is complete and full, that has realized its full potential. And Jesus is going, if you really want everything that your life is created for, intended for, if you want zoe, ionios, because this is what we are created for, zoe, ionios. God imagines human beings do not live on uh, bread and water alone. We don't live on just this material world. We're created to be image bearers, created in the image of God. God's life, his zoe flowing through us. This is what we are created for. And he's like, if you want to step into your full, what you are created for, potential, perfect, what you were intended for, he says, here's what you're going to do. Now imagine this. You get to ask Jesus what I got to do. You're hanging, you've got this question, and he's about to give the answer. Imagine this today, we're listening, and he could be speaking right to you or I. But he says to this young man, if you want to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And then, come, follow me. Then come follow me. Let me hear you wherever you are say, follow me. Jesus says, Zoe Ionios, what you and I are created for, the fulfillment of what we were actually designed for is found ultimately in a life of discipleship, of following him. You see, what Jesus does, and it says, and then the young man heard this, he went away sad. He'd just been given the 
ultimate pathway key to life. I mean, imagine you sat with Elon Musk or some investor today and could say, uh, all, you could be as wealthy as you want, just do this one thing. Or you, you went and sat with someone who was, a, you know, Bill Gates and, and said, what could I do that would advance technology and make me famous? And he gave you an answer. But whatever that thing was, whatever you were hoping for, hungering for, looking for, and you got the answer, and that's what this young man got. And he said, no. It says he went away sad because he had great wealth. Instead of stepping towards the life he was created for, intended for, purposed for, the life he knew that he was missing, lacking, seeking, he walks away and misses it. Now, what's amazing about this story is a lot of times people can read it and they go, this is a story about why we have to sell everything we have and we can't have anything. Or we think it's a story about money. And Jesus goes on to say about how actually it is really hard if you're rich uh, to enter the kingdom of God. And, and that makes it difficult to be, in some ways, maybe a person living in 21st century uh, Australia because uh, historically and globally speaking, every single one of us is rich. And yet, is there anything more true that in all our affluence, the world is walking around going, I'm just still missing it? It has not brought us greater peace. It has not brought us uh, more joy. It has not brought us uh, more love. And those are the qualities and characteristics of Zoe Ionios, the life of God. Those are the fruits of the Spirit of God in our lives. And, and so I say, I'll say, we can look and think this is a story about money, but it's actually not about money. Do you know this is an instruction Jesus never tells to anyone else in quite the same way? You know, Jesus, when Zacchaeus, who was uh, also wealthy and had defrauded people of money and stolen it, he says, I'm going to give away everything up to half of everything I got. And Jesus says, great job. If I was the rich young ruler, I'd be like, I'll give half. <laughs> Why did he get that deal? You know, some of the guys just had to leave their parents' business. Well, that business may not have been going anywhere anyway. <laughs> Why? I got to give up everything. Because this isn't a story about money. So some of you may be listening. You're even already like feeling uncomfortable. Like, oh my gosh, Dean's right. I'm general, you know, historically, globally speaking, I'm rich. I'm going to have to give everything before I leave today. Is it time to go? Uh, I'm going to grab a piece of cake and I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> we get so uncomfortable sometimes with it. But what we don't realize is that this isn't a story about money. It's a story about the human heart. Because Jesus already has said, and this guy might have been present when Jesus said it, if you want to have eternal life, he says, this is the way to enter it. M multiple times he says, it all gets summed up as what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, your mind, and your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And so Jesus, when the rich young ruler says, I've done all these, and Jesus doesn't question it. We're like, really? Have you really done them perfectly? You know, but Jesus doesn't question. He just says, he says, he almost concedes, sure, you've kept the, at least the letter of the law on all six of those. But he says, there's one thing you lack, and it's the first half of the commandment. Because the first four all deal with how do you love God? How do you love him with all your heart? Don't have, uh, don't make images and idols of other gods. Don't use his name in vain. Honor his Sabbath. All the beginning of the commandments, the words of God are just love God more than anything. Love him with all your heart. And so Jesus effectively by directing him now to sell everything, what is he doing? He's trying to say, if you want to enter life, you need to love God with all your heart. 
And there's something else right now that you love more than God. And their only way that Jesus, in Mark's gospel, when Mark tells a story, he says Jesus looked at him and he loved him. And it's because he loves him that he's willing to say to him, the only way you're going to find eternal life is you have to dislodge that which is keeping you from loving God with all your heart. And if you would do that, you would find Zoe Ionios. Do you know, God is always inviting us into a conversation that could lead us towards eternal life. And the beginning point for the conversation is always to love God with all our heart. Let me hear you say heart. Do you know what the heart is? The heart in the scriptures is like the very center of who we are. So this series, we're going to look at how do we love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. But the heart today, as we look at it, the Greek word for heart is cardia. And it is, uh, and heart throughout the scriptures, it's seen as like the center of who we are. It is, it is the core of who we are. And it is the place that becomes almost like the control center. You know, we use in our language sometimes, I have my heart set on that. When we're disappointed, we're like, I have my heart set on that thing. How many people know you can set your heart on something? We sometimes say, I can't choose my feelings. And to some degree, that is true. We can't manage them, but we can't choose them. But our heart, our will, is that which we can set on something. And we determine this. So loving God more than anything in our life always starts with the heart and a decision to say, I will set my heart on God. And what the rich young ruler struggled with that day was his heart was set on something else. And the thought of letting go of what his heart was set on was just too much for him. Jesus, the master, the master surgeon of the human heart that he is, knows there's only one way you, rich young ruler, are going to enter Zoeonios. You need to let go of your wealth that represents security, status, power, whatever it represented to him. Jesus said, for you, the only diagnosis for you to love God with all your heart is you're going to have to just sell it all, give it away, and then, and that's not it, and then come follow me. Because it's in the relationship that Zoe Ionios is actually found. Selling this stuff was just the way to actually allow him to get his heart off it and onto one thing being following Jesus. I think a, a lot of us, I don't know about you, but a lot of us would rather not even ask the question, God, what would you have me give up to follow you? You know, uh, in honor of the birthday girl, I'll share one story about her uh, today. When she was about 14, 15 years old, was reminded of this the other day. Uh, she was at a youth conference. It was this thing in the, in the U.S. called DCLA where they bring all these youth together and, and you worship and you listen to hear a word from God. And they had a message. And at the end of the message, they said, if you're willing to go anywhere God would send you, why don't you stand up? Every eye, you know, closed and heads bowed and all those things. And Lisa stood up and said, I'm willing to go anywhere in the world that God would send me. And she said at the end of that moment, she opened her eyes and she looked around and she just expected, we'll all be standing We'll all be standing. But, well done not opening your eyes. Anyway. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of person she is, you know. Hashtag integrity. But, <laughs> but she looked around and she was so surprised because she just thought that's what it is to follow Jesus. And, and, but here's what I've seen over the years. I know why a lot of people didn't stand because I've had conversations with people all the time and say, I can't ask God to say, I'll go wherever you, you tell me because what if he tells me to go to some remote place? Anybody ever said that or thought that? 
No hashtag integrity. We won't put our hands up. But it's okay. You know, oh, we all feel it at times. We go, There's, I just don't even want to ask about this one thing because what if he says? And we feel like the rich young ruler. What if he says, what, I'll sell everything I've got? Like, ah, anything but that. And we don't want to ask the question and we don't want to follow the answer. Why? Because we are not convinced. We're not convinced yet that he loves us. Mark says he looked at him and he loved him. Do you know if you uh, and I will offer whatever we have to Jesus and say, I'm willing to hold it with an open hand. I'm willing to say, what would you call me to do? Because we, Jesus says, this is what you do to enter eternal life. If we will come to him and say, I'm willing at everything, even though we're afraid to let go of stuff, he will never take us somewhere that is not for our good. Because he loves us. See, some of us, to love God with all our heart, we have to make a shift that this young man didn't yet understand and understand that God loves you far more than you love yourself or even your mama loves you. God loves you so much so that when he ever asks you to open up your hand and let go of something, it will only and ever be for your good. It will only and ever, you can trust him. You can ask him. You can have the conversation, and you can know that if you listen and you step into it, it will only ever lead you towards Zoe Ionios, the rich young ruler, and all of us um, on most days, we think we will find life by holding on to certain things, but the only way we really find life is being willing to say, God, I will set my heart on this one thing with nothing interfering, following you. It's what leads to Zoe. Now, look, do you know how cold it is in Illinois where Lisa's from right now? <laughs> Jesus loved Lisa and sent her to a place with 300 days of sunshine a year. <laughs> oh, oh, amen? So next time you feel like, God, I don't know if I can do it, just know he's not going to. Jesus says elsewhere, you know, which of you, if you ask your father, you know, for a fish, he's going to give him a snake. Like, that's not what God's like. You can trust him. He's with you. He's for you. He knows the way to Zoe Ionios, and he says, come, follow me. Come, follow me. That's the invitation. So here's my, my invitation to you today. Have you set your heart? Have you set your cardia? Have you said, this one thing am I going to pursue? And I don't know the whole pathway, and I don't know what he might ask of me, and I don't know, but I would say, I want to set my heart on loving God. I'm setting it there. I'm fixing it there. I'm saying, God, I want to love you with a whole heart, and I'm willing to have the conversation to say, God, what am I loving more than you? I'm willing to say, God, is there anything you need to dislodge in my life? It may not be riches. Do you know this is the thing about riches? I've known plenty of people who love God with their whole heart, and there is so much riches that sit in their hand. But do you know what? I, I just imagine it. It's a bit like this. It just sits there. And I've seen it, and God uses it, and they allow it to flow through their life. It's not that riches are uh, uh, something the, the scriptures talk about righteous ways to be wealthy and righteous ways to be poor, and then other ways that are not uh, healthy and righteous to be rich or poor. It's not about do you have a lot or do you not. It's about your heart. And the challenge for the, the rich young ruler was 
these things were in his hand. But he just had closed that hand and said, I got to hold on to this. You know, we have a, a son, Asher, who's 18 months old. And how many people know if the heart represents the, the will, the things that we can choose and set ourselves on, at 18 months old, you're going, wow, here's the human heart in practice. <laughs> and it's very early stages. And, and anyone who's ever met an 18, 12 to 24-month-old knows that kids don't come as well going, hey, I don't know if I want anything. You just show me the way. I'll just follow you. <laughs> and uh, so Asher, he's, he's determined, you know, we experience with him this, here's what he wants and what he doesn't want. And, and that's actually a great thing because to be human is how God created us, to be able to say, here's what I, I want and I don't want. Jesus gives the young man the choice it's to be human. To be able to say, do I want, no, I not. So we often go for walks with Asher. And on the way home, we pass, there's a park, and there's this wooded area, and it's got wood chips and mulch everywhere. And Asher loves, and I hope that for the rest of his life, it's enough for him. <laughs> he loves those wood chips. You know, I don't know, if he could write out his birthday list, it might say, could I have two wood chips, please? I would really love a couple of those, you know? And so whenever we go past, he always picks them up. And you know what he does? Oh, he closes his hand on them. He holds those things so tight. And he holds on so tight. And the other night, we got back to the house. And we always have the dog with us. And we were, we were inside kind of our fenced area. So, uh, but what he realized before we went in is he wanted to hold uh, our dog's lead. He wanted to hold the lead. And so now he's like making it really clear that his heart and his will is going, I want that. You know, he doesn't have the words, but he's, I want to hold that lead. I want to hold it. And I'm like, okay, here you go. You're just going to have to let go of that wood chip. Mm -mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and he's just sitting there holding the wood chip, wanting the lead. And I was holding him and I was looking, I'm like, this is just hilarious. <laughs> and he's just like, no, if I could just pry your hand, just, mm -mm -mm. but you know, wanting. So he wants to hold the lead, but he doesn't want to let go of the wood chip. And I can plead with him and tell him, buddy, I got all the wood chips in the world. That park is mine. Lie. That park, all those wood chips are mine. I can give one anytime you want. I know you really want to hold the lead, and you can do that. You could have that, but you're going to have to let go of that chip. And... He never let go of it. He, he screamed, he cried. We put him in the bath. Anyway, but <laughs> so, some version of that. But I tell you this. Oh, the rich young ruler was no different. There he was. I got riches. I got all this stuff. I got my status, security, comfort. I got my future locked down. I am the rich young ruler, Jesus. He just said, you just going to have to let go of all that. He's like, I want Zoe Ionios. I want, I know I'm missing something. I know I lack something. Just let go of it, Jesus said. Nah. And he walks away sad because he wants one thing, but he's not willing to take the step to actually grab hold of it. Because his hand is closed too tight around everything that came with being the rich, young ruler. And my, I guess, as we begin this series, it, it, setting your heart 
to follow Jesus is almost an inevitably, and if you're someone who's followed Jesus for any amount of time, you will know moments like what I shared about Lisa. You have them in your life where there are very defining moments where you had to choose, will I follow you, Jesus? Where there are things to let go of, things to grab hold of. But it's not about just those one-time moments. It's about the daily. Because you know what the human heart does? It's like, I like a wood chip. I want to hold a, a, a lead over here. I want to. We set our hearts on following Jesus. But the human heart, it's like a compass. And that magnet will pull towards all kinds of things. And so an actual journey of loving God with all your heart, that journey of discipleship is in so many ways about a constant recalibration of our heart. It's about a willingness over and over again to sit with Jesus, willing to ask him, am I loving you with all my heart? Because Zoe Ionios is not found in loving God with part of your heart. It's not found in just trying to add God to the, the rest of your resume or the rest of the accomplishments. Zoe Ionios is found when we love God with all our heart and set it on him. In just a moment, we are going to come to the table of communion. This is one of the places we meet with Jesus. And, and can I tell you this? If you're a follower of Jesus, we must regularly have conversations with God about what our hearts love. And he longs to have those conversations. You know, if, if the rich young ruler, we read this, you know, as soon as he said, what do I got to do to have Zoe Ionios? Why didn't Jesus go sell everything, give it to the poor, come follow me? You love your stuff too much. Let's go. But instead, Jesus takes him into this really incredible just dialogue. He lets him talk a little bit. Jesus responds. He gives a question. They work it through. And he leads him gently to the pathway of life. And we don't know what happened after this moment, but in this moment, he walks away and says, nah, can't do it. But you and I need to have constant conversation because it's not enough to go, I decided to love Jesus with all my heart when I was 14 or 16. This is an ongoing dialogue. This is why Jesus says, come, follow me, walk with me, listen to me, learn from me. Over and over again, he'll ask us to look down and realize how tightly our hand is closed on something. And we must be willing to go, okay, Lord, once again, what do you call me to do? How do I set my heart back on loving you as my absolute first thing in life? That's the first step on the pathway to Ionios, to love God with all our heart. You know, I'm going to invite you to stand up wherever you are here in Malu at Marowa, if you're watching online. And this is a recalibrate our heart moment. Do you know that worship each week as we gather, as we gather like this and gather around the, the, the word of God, as we gather around the scriptures, the words of Jesus, as we gather around the table, as we, as we meet with one another, as we lift songs of praise, as we even reflect on our offerings, all the, the things we do in worship of who God is. John Calvin used to say that the gathering for worship of God's people, he called it the gymnasium of the, of the human heart. That in worship, it's actually not about will you walk away today and go, hey, did I learn something new from, from Dean? Did he say anything uh, interesting? Or No, this is a space where we allow God to recalibrate our hearts. Where we take big, deep breaths. And then we give voice to the longing of our heart through song and praise and worship. 
where we come to a table and we don't just kind of quickly rush through it. Jesus didn't have a rushed conversation. We come to the table and we sit and we, and we have the peace and joy to say, Lord, I, I'm here before you open and honest and I ask you forgiveness because I, there's things I've loved more than you this week. And I thank you so much that you have already provided for that forgiveness that I remember your body and your blood that wash over me. And this isn't about earning my way in, but Lord, would you show me, I want more Zoe Ionios. Would you show me how I can keep stepping that direction? I want to set my heart on you. It's one of the greatest things we can do to create space to constantly recalibrate our lives. And so we're going to meet with him around the table in just a moment. I want to encourage you, if you find yourself going, I want more of this. I want to really figure out how do I in an ongoing way allow Jesus to recalibrate my heart? I'm going to be sending a, an email out this week to anybody who wants it. Just uh, We're calling it our heart, soul, mind, strength email. It gives you just ideas, inspiration, and, and strategies to say, what does it look like to follow Jesus, the life of discipleship, the journey of faith, loving God with all our heart? And so later you'll see you can just sign up for that. And I want to send you a few other things that can just help you to make it real and tangible so that we as followers of Jesus could learn to love God with our heart, all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. That's what we're going to be going through this next few weeks. But here and now in this moment, would you enter into your own conversation with Jesus? What do you want to ask him? What do you want to hear from him? What do you want to thank him for? Let's meet with him today. And if you're a follower of Jesus, let's allow him to recalibrate our hearts towards loving God with all that we are. Amen? Amen. I want to pray for you. And then you can come to the table when you're ready. Lord Jesus, in this moment, we thank you that we don't read the words of a, just a moment in time that is gone forever, but rather that these scriptures open up a conversation we can have with you, the living God. And I pray that as we come to the table, as we meet today, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come and be present to each of us in such a way that your words of life, your words of Zoe uh, would be spoken to us. Lord, where you need to recalibrate our hearts, may we be open and hear that. And may we each walk out of here today having reshifted that needle north, that, that needle towards true north is, is you in our lives, to love you with all our heart. We want to set our hearts on you. Thank you, Jesus, that you alone have the words of Zoe. I pray that we would know it more fully in your good name. Amen. Let's come.